this thing is not a toy anymore and it's it's not a yeah maybe not an asset anymore as well it's going to be much bigger than that hello there from bedford how are you all welcome to the what bitcoin did podcast which is brought to you by kraken the best place to buy sell and trade bitcoin i'm your host peter mccormack and today i've got mr plan b back on the show to talk to you about his latest and updated version of his s2f model s2fx but before that i do have a message from my amazing sponsors so first up, we have the future of Bitcoin and financial services. We have BlockFi. And as the market for Bitcoin matures, so do the financial products which support the industry. With BlockFi's interest accounts, you can earn up to 8.6% annually on your crypto. I am a customer. I love getting my Bitcoin interest every month. And with their interest accounts, there is no minimum balance required to earn interest. Also, we have their crypto back loans where you can access liquidity without selling. By using your crypto as collateral, you can unlock up to 50% of the value of your assets in USD. If you are interested in checking out BlockFi, please do your own research and then head over to BlockFi.com, which is B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com. And next up, we have Kraken putting the power in your hands to buy, sell and trade Bitcoin. Now, there has been a lot of growing interest in Bitcoin over the last few weeks. I've even noticed with some of my friends getting on the phone saying, come on, Pete, tell me about this Bitcoin thing. Well, if you're interested, there isn't anywhere better to go than Kraken. At Kraken.com, it could not be easier to sign up and buy Bitcoin. They also have a beautiful mobile-first app so you can buy Bitcoin on the go. With their world-class security, they are the most trusted cryptocurrency exchange on the market. And with their 24-7, 365 customer support, they can help you with any issues, whoever you are, wherever you are. There is no better place to trade Bitcoin. Find out more at Kraken.com or download the app, which is available for the iPhone and Android. Just search for Kraken Pro, which is K-R-A-K-E-N-P-R-O. Okay, so onto the show. And today I am catching up with the creator of the Stock to Flow model, Mr. Plan B, one of my favorite people to talk to. Love this guy. Now, if you aren't aware of Plan B, he is 100 trillion USD on Twitter. And last year, he released his stock to flow model, which was a way of measuring scarcity of an asset and predicted a Bitcoin price of $55,000 one to two years after the halving. Now, obviously, a model like that is going to get people interested. It's going to get people excited. But the model did have its critics. And this week, Plan B revisited the model. He released his update version, Bitcoin Stock to Flow Cross Asset Model, S2FX, where time is removed, other assets such as gold and silver are added, and most importantly, phase transitions are added. Now, these phase transitions are a consideration for the changing properties of an asset. And with Bitcoin, while its maturing use case leads to higher demand, the outcome of this model is a potential Bitcoin price of $288,000. Is this realistic? Is it crazy talk? I got him on the show to talk about it. Now, Bitcoin supply and issuance plays a major part in this model. And with the halving less than two weeks away, I had to get him back on. I had to say, come on, plan B. You can't just put this price out yet. You can't come out there and tell us Bitcoin might hit $288,000 and not explain it to us. He agreed to come on, he agreed to talk through the model, but we also talk about the reduction in block subsidy, the short and long-term price implications, and the critics of his models. If you haven't checked out the model, please do that first, it's worth taking a look at, and if you've got any questions about this show, you can reach out to me. My email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. 
Hope you are doing okay out there. I know these lockdowns look like they're hopefully going to be coming to an end soon, which is great. If you're a bit bored out there, if you want to check out my new film, it's available on Defiance TV. I go up to the border of Turkey and Greece to look at the migrant and refugee crisis there. Just head over to youtube.com forward slash Defiance TV, or you can check it out on my website, which is defiance.news. Also, I've got a new show up on my Defiance podcast asking where the fuck is Kim Jong-un. He's disappeared off the radar. It's a fascinating interview looking at the Kim dynasty as well. You can check that out. That's with Paul French. All right. Any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I do really enjoy all the emails and DMs I receive. Please feel free to get in touch. Mr. Plan B, welcome back to the show. How are you, man? Very good, Peter. And uh, and thanks for having me again. You're welcome. You know, you can come on the show at any time. Um, (laughs) Loved talking to you last time. Very popular show. People liked it. I think it's up there in like... It's definitely a top 10 show. It, it might even have crept in as a top five show, maybe top six, but uh, people really enjoyed it. And I think they'll enjoy this one. And we, I've called this one, I've got actually at the top, I put Stock to Flow Revisited. It's like the revenge, <laughs> part two. All right, man, let's Very get good. into this. Look, you know my show. You know what I'm like. I, I, I like to ask the dumb questions. I have, uh, normally I say I'm not very technical. Well, I'm not very experienced in statistical modeling either, funnily enough. So what I'm going to want to do with this, I'm going to want you to talk me through it. I've got your new model in front of me. I've been through it a couple of times. I think I get it, but there's some bits I don't understand. So I'm going to go through and ask ask the dumb questions, and uh, you can explain to me what's going on. But before we do that, I think just as a primer, if somebody didn't listen to the last show, perhaps they're new to Bitcoin, they've just joined this week, and uh, maybe they discovered my show. Back in March 2019, you released your original stock-to-flow model. So let's talk about that first. Can we just let's just dive into that? Talk about what the original model was, why you did it. Yeah. So as an investor, I, I, I'm always looking for fundamental models like like cash flow models or option pricing models or well, uh, statistical, econometrical models that that I work with every day. Uh, but for Bitcoin, they weren't there yet, and it. That's that's logical because it's a new asset. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that, I was looking for um, a fundamental model, and, and and when I didn't find it, I was uh, I started to build one. So I just went with the, with the white paper and and um, and uh, all the people that that were mentioned there and and the sources, and developed a, a very rough model that uh, that has scarcity. Uh, of Bitcoin as the basis, so I was drawn to Bitcoin well, from a financial perspective, and that, and the fact that it's very scarce, that uh, there will only be 21 million uh, Bitcoins ever. Yeah, that 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 should be worth uh, something. So um, I found a way to quantify that actually by by reading Safedine's uh, book, the Bitcoin Standard, and uh, yeah, well the measure. Uh, that was mentioned there for scarcity was stock to flow. And it basically measures the amount of years of production of something is, is available as a reserve above ground. So they, uh, they use it for gold too. I, I knew the stock to flow. Uh, and when I saw it uh, on Bitcoin in, in, in Safedine's book, I knew, okay, this is a, this is a good basis because uh, yeah, I know, I know it from the traditional gold world. And and stock to flow is on the, the yeah well the the amount of bitcoins uh, that is uh, already there compared to the number of bitcoins that's mined every year and that and that was about twenty five it's now about twenty seven 
uh, years of uh, of production. So yeah, that 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 was the basis, and then I correlated that with the price of the last ten years, and well, the results were actually quite quite stunning. And um, so I decided to publish it in a very short paper that well took took me by surprise. I uh, I have to say it, I just published it for. For fun and to see if there is any reactions from um, from other investors or quants, and uh, but it has been quite a, a ride uh, since since March last year. Yeah, uh, with, very well received. It's put yeah. a bit of pressure on you around this halving, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see whether it works for one more halving or or not. It's it's yeah. It's a, and I should say that you know it's it's a model. It's a statistical models. So uh, like all models, it's wrong. But some are useful, so I hope this one is useful, um, at least for one or two. Uh, by uh, living through this halving uh, in the next two weeks and, and and the year after, I'm so excited about what's coming and if the model holds or not. Yeah, so let let's break down the original model for somebody who's never looked at stock to flow and don't explain it with Bitcoin. Let's start with gold. Explain what stock to flow is and how it's measured. Yeah, so stock to flow is a measure for scarcity if you will um and it, it's it's very easy it, it measures uh, how much gold there is at the moment uh, that's 190,000 tons uh, of gold and it measures how much gold is produced every year that's about 3,000 tons or 3.2 thousand tons and if you divide the 190,000 stock by the 3.2 thousand um, flow production you get the number 58, around 60, let's say. So there's around 60 years of gold production above ground. And uh, that's the stock to flow. That's the stock to flow number, 60 um, wh- uh, And why is that useful, though? Yeah, uh, you can compare stock to flow of different assets. So, for example, you can compare gold uh, with a stock to flow of 58, with silver that has a stock to flow of uh, 33, of uh, and and you can compare it with platinum or palladium or other more commodity-like met- um, metals, and and they'll particularly have um, stock to flows of one, so very low. One is an indication of something being a commodity, an industrially used commodity, and not a monetary asset like stock, uh, uh, like uh, gold. Uh, with a very high stock to flow, so it's very useful in in dividing assets between commodities and monetary assets, because a monetary asset is hoarded and held. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and in a way, then uh, I call it scarcity, or that 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 was what I was looking for. But you could also call it the well, a, a measure that measures uh, holding in um, how much a good is hold, is held by investors. Or used by uh, by industry, and palladium that's not held by investors really. Exactly, and and it's, it's very uh, counterintuitive, uh, by the way, because a lot of commodity investors I speak to, they say, uh, okay, yeah, but but there's there's a lot of gold, but and, and there's far less uh, palladium or, or mm. platinum. Uh, so so platinum and palladium are scarcer. But then I say no, 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 because uh, the production is also very high. So in fact, the production is about the same as the stock of platinum and palladium. And what that means is that um, producers do have a very large power 
very much control over the price, as you can see in oil as well, uh, which has a stock to flow of about 0.25, uh, very low. But so, so producers have a very much control over the over the over the price if stock to flow is low, because if the stock to flow goes up, if the price goes up, they just make more, and they push the stock to flow down again. So it it takes some some really weird event, some something historically significant, a war or or something uh, that's very improbable to escape this this commodity trap. And um, Nick Zabo calls it the uh, unforgeable scarceness. So so yeah, yeah, something has caused it, and once it's there, um, it's very hard to. Um, to, to get, but once it's there, then yeah, you're in a, a different domain, if you will, the monetary domain. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's a very useful starting point, and this relates to Bitcoin because I mean, Bitcoin can't really, it can't really be a commodity, right? Exactly. And and in fact, I think this is one of the main things that Satoshi Nakamoto invented: the digital scarcity, because it's it's very also that's very counterintuitive. If something is digital. It can be copied, right? Like a like a picture or, or a, a movie or, or, or a music. So you don't think about scarcity if 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 something is digital. And and still, Satoshi managed to make something scarce and digital. And that's really, uh, yeah, that that's really an invention, actually. Uh, and it's worth a lot. It it doesn't go away anymore. It's it's very useful. Did you get any criticism from the original model? I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, actually, actually a lot, um, and and I like that. I mean, it's it's just mm-hmm. the first thing, and if I'm wrong, I want to know because I, uh, I I I I use it for investing, so I really want to know if it's if it's wrong. And uh, no, I got some. Um, the first re- there were some very uh, positive reactions, of course, like for okay, it's 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 great that you you do this and that you you try it, and and uh, it's it's a, it's a great insight. But there were also uh, it actually activated a lot of uh, fellow investors, quant investors, quants in in normal banks, in traditional banks and, and pension funds, that uh, tried to replicate it because I had made all the models and the data available. Uh, so they they replicated it. It was very fast, actually. the The same day it was replicated, and uh, uh, and and some noticed some some um, statistical oddities in there. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get too technical, but for the kind of regression analysis I did, there are some some things that some statistical uh, things that need to be met, and 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 they weren't there. And then somebody else came came along and said, "Okay, but you can look at it this way, and then it's it's great again." Actually, this this debate is, has been ongoing for for a year now, and uh, and, and it's certainly not finished because <laughs> I saw even today we're recording. Uh, what is it, twenty eighth of uh, yeah, twenty ninth. There's a big debate uh, going on uh, between all the quants right now as we speak, and uh, and that's one of the great things about science, right? That Everybody talks about it, and, and there's a lot of disagreement, and that, uh, yeah, I, I like it a lot. So, but so far, um, it, it has not been fal- falsified, so it's, it's still standing. Um, and uh, well, yeah, it, it's, it's there. Well, it works until it doesn't, and uh, we're all looking at you right now, man. We're all looking at you. We've got this half <laughs> coming. But listen, look, I did, I, you know, until we spoke the other day, I didn't realize you were working on a new model. You said to me, "Look, Pete, I've got this new paper coming." 
there's a new version of the model. What, why? Why did you? Why did you come back to it? What you know? What was kind of like? What was inspiring you to revisit the model? Yeah, yeah. Actually, two things. One, one thing kept nagging me. It, I was. It kept irritating me uh, from the beginning. If you if you look at the um, original paper, and and some have noticed it by the way, you see this this model that I made, stock to flow versus price, and 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 um, and the straight line. But you also see the the gold dot and the silver dot in the in the chart. So I yep. plotted gold and silver in there, but they were not part of the model. They were there for because I I I liked it. I I, I knew the stock to flow measure from the gold and the silver uh, world. So so I, I that was one of the charming things from uh, of the model that it's not only a time series model, but yeah, th- there seemed to be some relation with gold and, and silver as well. So I plotted it in there. And I said, well, it's it's some kind of benchmark, and it gives me extra confidence. But yeah, and and later, I tried to put it in the, in in a formula as well, together with uh, other commodities. So I ended up, and and the ones who follow me, they know that. But I ended up with two formulas: one of the Bitcoin time series, and one for the um, gold, silver, and all the other commodities. And having two formulas for the same thing it, that that just didn't feel right. So I, I was always looking for this one formula. And actually, it, it's funny that Raul Paul from Real, Real Vision. Yeah, love Raul. Yeah, so, so Raul was actually uh, very early. And um, he saw, uh, before I, I, I saw it myself, that there is a link with gold. And we had this interview somewhere last year where he actually said, yeah, well, your model is useful for gold and silver. It, it is useful for Bitcoin, but also for gold and silver. I, and, and I said, well, 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 it's not part of, part of the model itself. It's not part of the formula. It's, it's a benchmark, but I, I can't see how they fit together. And, and um, we both felt that it, it should be together. But uh, yeah, he, he, he recognized it earlier than I that, that there, there was something there. And it is, it's only till... Well, actually, last Monday that uh, that I uh, quantified the relationship, I, I was able to merge the two formulas into one. So that was a real eureka moment. Uh, I was very happy about that, and that was a, a long, long-held w- wish to uh, to combine two formulas into one and bring uh, gold and silver into the formula, and that that makes it a cross-asset model. And, and yeah, and and the other thing is that I wanted to yeah introduce a new way of thinking, uh, another perspective on the same data, because uh, I didn't use other data for this this uh, this second model, but just looking at it differently, because we have been looking at it as a, like, like, like a time series. So all uh-huh. the quants, and, and me too, we, we just went into one path of, of time series, of, well, co-integration is a term you hear a lot. So... Uh, uh, and had a, the story about the drunk and the dog and, and stock to flow and price keeping very tight to uh, to each other, the rubber band, that, those kind of narrative. That that was the perspective we had on Bitcoin and the time series model brought with it all kinds of uh, statistical difficulties, questions like the co-integration, stationarity, and all well, all, the, all that stuff. But that was that's one way of looking at it, and in fact. The new model, the S2FX, the, the cross-asset model, introduces this 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 way of of looking at it with phases, phase transitions. 
and I spend one um, paragraph on it in the uh, in the article to dis- to explain it. But the, the phase transitions I think are very important. It means that it it's like water. Um, uh, water can be ice. It can be water that you can drink. It can be liquid. It can also be gas, vapor. Uh, so it's it's all water, but it's totally different uh, properties, different phases. And uh, and you see, you have that in finance as well. For example, the dollar. We always talk about the U.S. dollar, but if we look at the, the last two hundred years, the dollar hasn't been the same. We've mm-hmm. called it dollar, but it used to be a gold coin. And and then it was a paper because that's much easier and and um, and you could um, the coal and, and and you could always get gold coins. You could you could go to the bank with a with a with a bill, a dollar bill, and you could you could get your your gold. Uh, and and then in the third phase, it of course uh, it was 1971 when they they cut the link with gold. Nixon, the uh, President Nixon, did that. And then, of course, yeah, well, it was total fiat. There was no link with gold uh, anymore. And and in all those three phases, we call it dollar, but those are very different dollar assets, uh, actually. And, and we noticed that in Bitcoin too. I reference a uh, study by Nick Carter in 2018. He had investigated the narratives, the Bitcoin narratives, over the last 10 years. So Bitcoin started out. As a uh, well, from from the white paper, as as a uh, proof of concept, basically, if if of of this uh, this system that, that Satoshi uh, invented, peer to peer e cash and and uh, proof of co- proof of work. So it's it's yeah, proof of concept uh, kind of, a of toy. that paper. It was kind of yeah, a toy. A toy. It was a to- exactly a toy. It was never worth more the whole Bitcoin market than than one million dollars in the, in, the, in those first two years, and then came the transition. It went from a toy, magical internet money, to dollar parity. So one Bitcoin was worth one dollar. That was a, that was in fact a very big achievement, and um, and it it got big traction then because it it meant that you could use it for well payments, uh, coffee, micro payments, content on on, um, on websites, and and uh, yeah, it was the the payments phase, if you will. And then it 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 uh, started to grow very very hard. Uh, the, the price increased very hard uh, after the halving in 2012, the first halving, and the price shot up from from ten to hundred to a thousand dollars, and and even eleven or twelve hundred dollars. So it approached the, the the level of of gold. One ounce, well, one ounce of gold was was twelve fifty, I think, at the, at the time. So there were all those stories, and I remember it well. The, uh, they were talking about gold parity. So we had. We had the U.S. dollar parity at one dollar, and now we were talking about gold parity, of it being worth uh, more than one ounce of gold, which is which is which, yeah, well, it's it's just a milestone, but still the the narrative changed and to from, from payments to e gold, and uh, and nowadays we're we're, we're one halving further, uh, the halving of two thousand sixteen, and uh, we reached two. Bo- um, Milestones, two financial milestones. One is the one billion dollar transactions per day, which we have. We're far beyond that. And the other one is um, hundred billion dollar market cap, if you will. That's that's small if you compare to US dollar, but it's 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 not that small. It's 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 about the size of a big bank in America. It's it's a large cap in the S and P five hundred. So it. Yeah, it, it's a financial asset, especially with future markets 
in Chicago and, uh, and New York and, and legal clarity um, all around the world uh, getting better. So it, it transformed it, it from, from, the, from the proof of concept phase to the payments phase to the e-gold phase. And now in the fourth phase, the financial assets uh, phase, if you will. And, and yeah, so I, I found that very interesting that um, those phase transitions that you see in water, but also in the dollar and, and also in Bitcoin, um, was a good lens to look at uh, at Bitcoin, and and maybe even a better lens than um, than the time series lens and the co-integration lens that we uh, we have been looking at it. Right, because there isn't a specific timeline for these, although they do these phases do seem to follow the halvings, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit of both. So so you yeah. could say that I I integrated the time series model. Into into the cross asset model, uh, where I converted. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But where I converted the time series into well the faces that we just talked about, and then added gold and 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 silver, and then see them all as as different assets. So it's sort of a mix of the two. Because one but, thing I uh, would throw in there is like if you look at the change of the dollar, the, the, it seems like the um, phase transitions for the dollar is more about how the US government wishes to be able to manage and manipulate the dollar, really. Whereas if you look at the phase transitions of Bitcoin, it's almost like Bitcoin's growing up. It doesn't even, the proof of concept's done great, then payments. But even when it becomes e-gold or a financial asset, it still can be used for payments, but it's, it's what you consider it can do is so much more. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it's uh, with with Bitcoin. It's more like a maturing uh, mm. and and, and uh, aspect in there. And and of course, the the fifth phase is very uh, <laughs> interesting. So, what will be the next uh, transformation? Uh, how would that look like? And um, have you thought about that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. But I'm I'm not going to speculate. I think it's it's there's people that can do that more uh, far better than I. I, I w- what I hope is that we're the first paper with the time series uh, activated a lot of quants and and actually brought in some some banks and and institutional parties as well. I hope this way of looking at it brings in some well strategic planners, some geopolitical thinking, uh, maybe some military thinking even. And uh, for example, the uh, well, so the narrative study that Nick did, uh, Nick Carter, it stopped in 2018. It would be very interesting to see a, an update of that. And we could sort of project what's happening in the world not right now. And, and lots of happen- is happening, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at a very strange time where there's strange things with, uh, well, the virus, oil, the, the, the money printing. The, it, it's, it's, it feels like a, a phase transition could happen, right? And, uh, and we need some military, strategic, geopolitical thinking uh, to help us gu- to guide there and 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 uh, put some markers on the way, put some scenarios there that we can talk about. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a call upon upon, upon thinkers um, in that area to to join the journey. And uh, yeah, think about the fifth uh, a cluster and and, and phase adoption. Yes, 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 yes. Because I, yeah, and and of course I'm an investor point of view. That that's also interesting. Because uh, because the dollar example you mentioned, uh, yeah, it's politics politics that that does all the changing. But if you look at it from an investing point of view, 
it, it it's a time series, right? If you, mm-hmm. if you look at hundred years of data, it's always always uh, expressed in 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 dollars, and uh, but 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 you have to recognize that those are not the same dollars <laughs> before and after nineteen seventy one, and 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 before that, uh, there, there's also a breakpoint like that. So every time you you work with with time series, you have to make sure there's not some 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 break in there uh, that 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 uh, yeah that should should give some consideration. What what do the phase transitions do for you by understanding them? How does that affect the model? Is that does it allow you to rationalize the increase in value? No, well that's certainly not a goal. No, um, what it does actually is uh, remove the time. It removes the time element that. So where the time series is a, uh, well, in my case, a monthly series with uh, stock-to-flow values and, and Bitcoin prices, and that's, uh, well, I thought it was 111 data points I had, 111 uh, months. But but what, what, what we actually do here in the new model is, is, is clustering those data points. So we look at a uh, stock-to-flow on the x-axis, and market value on the y-axis, and then if there's a picture in the article as well. If you look at it, just without any statistics, just look at it. You see dots. You should you see data blobs. I'm looking and, and the blue dots here. Yeah, the blue dots, and you can recognize the uh, clusters and the the faces. Those are the faces, if you will, and, and you could treat it as a time series. That's fine if you bring the time to the x-axis, but I think we're we're dealing with a different thing here, or well, like the, uh, I like the quote that 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 I used in the in the, um, the article as well. It's from uh, from Brack. That's a guy, it's an Australian guy who got the Nobel Prize for uh, X rays, and he said it's it's all about uh, the way of thinking about things, and, and not about um, how much data you have. So, in fact, this is the same data, the 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 blue dots. Data. It's the same data as the first model, but if you just look at it, you can think about it in time series. That's what we did did first, or clusters or phases, if you will. And yeah, I must say, I I like the phase view <laughs> right now. So from there, I started to quantify it. So well, let, let, let's just do it. Do uh, make a, a cluster analysis, uh, and that's that's the next picture in the in the. In the article, it shows the clusters on top of the data blobs, uh, and those are think about the clusters as the centers of those blobs. Like the yeah, the, you have a, a blob of data with maybe a hundred data points. No, it's it's less. It's uh, forty data points, and then there's there's a center in there, a centroid, and and that's that's what the cluster is. And then you yeah. do that for for this every. Is, phase. This is where I need some help. Okay, so I'm looking at the chart. Explain yeah. me. What? How does a blue dot come to appear on the chart? Just one on its own. How does it come to appear there? Yeah, l- l- let's look at current phase, the the fourth uh, phase. Um, yeah. So it's it's um, it's a data blob that that spawns from uh, well, in this case, the the the, the last halving in uh, July two thousand sixteen till today, and you see all those uh, stock to flow values on the x axis and market values of Bitcoin on the y axis, mm-hmm. and then. You take the exact middle of that data blob, and in mathematical terms, that's the, the you minimize the distance 
you, you choose a point so that that it minimizes the distance, the total distance of all the points together. So you're looking really for the center. And uh, I, I must say, there's there's two there's a lot of ways of doing that, of measuring that. So you could have sort of the average distance, but I'm specifically looking here at the median distance. So the the most frequent stock to flow and the most frequent uh, market value in this dot in this this data blob and that's what the algorithm uh, searches for where is the uh, cluster the most dense where where are the most uh, well dots situation and 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 that's in that's the the point that it chooses and it does that for all the data all the four uh, data blobs what are the what are the data points though sorry yeah, the data points are uh, monthly numbers of stock to flow and mm-hmm. Bitcoin market value. So, for example, today is twenty six uh, stock to flow and hundred and what is it fourteen or something billion dollars market cap of uh, Bitcoin. And last month it was slightly different, and and uh, well, and you do that for every month last ten years. So, it, what what in fact you do you comp. You compress all the data, all the 100 plus data points, months, into four clusters. And that's what you use as an input for the model then. Not the 100 plus data points, but the, the, the clusters of those data, data points. And so you, you analyze those clusters. Did you, did you notice the clusters before you started looking at Nick's work? Did you just do this outside of looking at the narratives around Bitcoin? Uh, no, I, I learned about Nick's work uh, later, uh, but I did notice the in the data there were blobs. There were, uh, of course, I saw the halving effect, so that I noticed the jumps in the, around the halvings. But I also noticed, and I think everybody uh, has felt it who was in Bitcoin last couple of years with uh, the 2017 peak, and then the the crash to uh, 3,000, and then now we're up again. But on average, in the last, if you look at the chart also, if on average, the last three, four years was around, well, somewhere between six and seven. It's very strange that it, it can keep at one, one price level um, in such a long period. And the same happened in the period, the phase before this and the phase before that and the phase before that. So it's, yeah, I noticed it, but I never quantified it. I just used all the data and thought, well, the more data, the better. Uh, and and usually that is the case. In this case, I don't know. There's uh, a lot of people who use daily data or weekly data, so much more data points than I use with uh, monthly data. But all it does is make the the data blobs uh, uh, thicker, denser. Uh, it doesn't really move the uh, the cluster. So I was thinking, uh, yeah, the more data you use, the more noise you add. Uh, if it doesn't move the the, the cluster, the, the the middle of the data data blob, then the real signal is that cluster. So let's use that. And themselves, the clusters are they getting more defined? Is the is the data becoming more accurate? Um, is it more accurate as as we move through these transitions from one one phase to another? I don't know. Actually, you could measure that maybe how much uh, uh, data points are in the circle in the circle uh, around the uh, the cluster middle. I haven't done that yet. I, I I would say from just looking at it, maybe it becomes yeah, it it could become a little bit denser. But uh, hmm, I don't know. It it there's no no guarantee that that uh, stays or that it will be a trend in the future. And if there isn't a 
fifth phase uh, that happens within the next three, four years, say it just stays as a financial asset, but the value goes up as the um, as the stock to flow reduces. Does does that affect the model at all? Does it need a fifth phase? Yeah, it, it actually needs a, a fifth phase because the stock to flow. We know that the stock to flow will double uh, mm-hmm. from twenty current twenty five or twenty six. What is it? Twenty seven to well a, a, around fifty six. So we yeah. know that uh, there will be a blue dot to the right, and uh, yeah, if, if if it stays uh, at the same market cap level, then yeah, then then it it's out of the bo- the bands of the model. But you know, it it did this uh, three times before, and and then it 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 shot right up to the to the model value. So so yeah, that that is the big question actually. So we know the stock to flow is going to double. The blue dot will go to the right. The question is. Will it also go up and uh, a fifth time, and in line with uh, silver and gold, more in line with uh, silver and gold? That that is the big hypothesis that's behind this. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, can it? Can it? So the blue dot can go to the right as we get to uh, say 56, and the market cap can go up. But but that can happen with it still just being a financial asset, right? It doesn't need a, a new defined <sighs> narrative. Oh, that's what you mean. Well, yeah. I think it does. I think it does because if the next blob is indeed uh, around uh, stock to flow uh, 50, 56 and, and it follows the model uh, market value, then the market value goes to 5.5 trillion. That's, that's between silver and gold. But that's like, uh, yeah, what is it? 50 times more. Than it is right now, and it and, and mind you that that's a lot. But it did that every every time it made a, 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 tr- a phase transition like this. So, so a fi- let's say a five trillion dollar um, Bitcoin is is a, a totally different beast than mm-hmm. a hundred billion current Bitcoin because five right. trillion US dollars that's that's more than the monetary base of the US dollar. So it so needs it, it, more it, people in the market, more buyers and sellers. Uh, needs more market also, activity. So, what are they coming in for? Because uh, if you go back through your narratives, right? It, it, I mean, I call it like a toy, but the proof of concept was, you know, a bunch of people who have interest having to play with it, and then there was like kind of that expanded, and people started to pay for and buy some things with it, and then the digital gold narrative came in, so people started invent, investing, and then uh, opening up to the financial markets with futures and CME and back to that kind of all of these narratives create a wider market, a wider pool of people who are interested. So I guess what you're saying is if the fifth narrative, you're not going to say what it is, but I guess if I said, okay, maybe a nation state will start using Bitcoin or perhaps some of them will start settling in Bitcoin, that is something that can increase the confidence, increase the number of uh, people who are interested in Bitcoin and therefore takes it into that that new phase. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's needed. It's, it's, not, it's not some continuous growth towards that point. Uh, you don't go from one billion to five trillion. Those are totally different leagues, uh, totally, di- totally different worlds. So yeah, it could be a nation state. It could be, uh, well, a nation deciding they wanna they wanna get paid for their uh, their oil in Bitcoin, or um, some central bank that decides, okay, maybe it it is wise to put some some very small amount, whatever amount, but in Bitcoin because it's well, it's it, it's Bitcoin is already bigger than. Most currencies in the world, I think it's bigger than about hundred countries. 
Uh, so, it, could, so, it could be Russia. I mean, did you hear Putin talking about cryptocurrencies? I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. What well, I think fuck? it would be. Yeah. But I, it would. It would be so extremely smart of Russia to do that, and and uh-huh. and because you don't need much money, and we're printing anyway. So <laughs> if, you, if you're printing trillions, or, or maybe Russia less, uh, but but if you're printing a lot of money, why not? Why not a little bit? It's it's the asymmetric returns of of something going 50x that mm. that it doesn't hurt that much. It, but if you're right, you're 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 really a winner as a country. Um, so yeah, I think that makes sense. But all, but there could be other narratives. There could be, uh, well, it's a financial asset now. But but there's no institutional investor, like my employer, who's going to touch it now. It's too small. It's too too new. And, and there's not much fundamental models. Yeah, mine mine is the only one out there. So so yeah, what, what are you going to do? But but if it if it now works, if it, if it seems to follow the stock to flow, and if it seems to go into the next phase makes makes another jump in price then um it might become a a uh, institutional grade asset and that is something what it it, it isn't now it is not as institutional grade asset bitcoin because it's 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 a toy for for for, for rich boys uh for, for for billionaires and and um and early uh innovators that were there early uh, and, and some hedge funds that 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 are outside the scope of uh, regulation, but there's no bank, no pension fund that even dares to touch it. So, before we talk about nation states and and uh, global reserve currency, I think there are some states in between. Next up, I talk to Plan B more about S2FX and the upcoming halving. But before that. I've got a message from my amazing sponsors, and I've got a new sponsor this month. So a massive thanks and a massive shout out to Least Authority. This is for you techies out there, the builders, those who are creating the applications. Least Authority is a security consulting company pushing the limits on how to build privacy-respecting solutions. They specialize in security audits, design specification reviews, and security by design, while also making regular contributions to the open source and decentralized space. They can help you improve the security of your wallet application, key management solution, layer to protocol, P2P network design, use of cryptography, and so much more. If you want to boost your security strategy, you can arrange a no-obligation call to find out how Least Authority can help your next project. Just head over to their website and hit the Schedule a Call button. That's leastauthority.com, which is L-E-A-S-T-A-U-T-H-O-R-I-T-Y.com. Also, have you checked out sportsbet.io yet? the best place for online gaming, and also what is very cool about them is that they accept Bitcoin. Now, I cannot wait for the football season to get going again. I want to wager some Bitcoin on Tottenham losing every week. Absolute no-brainer for me. But with sports currently on a break due to coronavirus, there has been a massive growth in esports, and sportsbet.io now have 11 markets, including eFIFA, eNBA, and eNHL. Not only this, but sportsbet.io also has their Bitcoin casino and my favorite, the poker rooms. If you want to find out more, head over to sportsbet.io, which is S-P-O-R-T-S-B-E-T.io. And they also have a whole bunch of promotions available at sportsbet.io forward slash promotions. And lastly, this week, I do want to welcome Scott Offord back to the show, you know. With the Bitcoin halvening, it's going to have a massive impact on mining profitability. And Scott from Crypto Mining Tools has a solution for Bitcoin mining equipment owners looking to get a little more out of the life of their miners. 
I've told you about Scott's Bitcoin mining calculator in the past, or Scott has recently launched a Bitcoin miner hosting directory. If you want to move your Bitcoin miners to a more cost-effective location due to the halving, go to cryptomining.tools to research hosting options available in your country and around the world. Scott is also looking to add more hosting and co-location providers to his hosting directory. So if you own a mining farm and have extra space you want to get filled, reach out to Scott's hosting partnership arrangement guy, Shannon Squires. He is on Telegram. He can be reached on the username at Squires, which is at S-Q-U-I-R-E-S. We just use the contact form found at CryptoMining.Tools. In some ways, does the new model give you a get out that the previous model didn't give you? So, for example, the previous model, if we'd gone through the halving, perhaps even six months after, a year after, we hadn't seen that increase in price. People have been questioning whether the model itself is is broken, but actually it, it needed this extra kind of dimension of data to rationalize why there was because look we're talking about supplies and de- supply and demand here right and yep. each phase creates as we said earlier like a, a new pool of potential buyers right and also sellers but but with if if we'd have gone through the halving and there hadn't been an, a, a change people would say the model was broken but the model wasn't rationalizing why there was this increased pressure right right and 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 this new model doesn't either so it, it doesn't really give much more than the stock-to-flow increase as a uh, reason for the market value increase. But what it, but it, what it does, what it does do is is give another perspective, another way of looking at it. And the way, and I like that way of looking at it because it's yeah, uh, the the jump in faces that is something that that is easy to imagine. And I think, well, at least in my opinion. And especially right now, with everything going on from money printing and virus and oil and et cetera, et cetera. So it's yeah, I, th- I think it's more it's the same thing, really, right? It, it, it doesn't mm. the model doesn't use other data, but the way we look at it through this phase transition lens is is creating a new way of thinking. At least it does it with me. I, I notice. You know, we might we might break through nine k during this interview. We're up to eight eight seven seven, which would be interesting. Okay, let me ask you something else. What's quite interesting about this is also, it's not like there's a specific point in time which this is pinned to for for this uh, this kind of next phase in uh, in Bitcoin's life. We've essentially there's no limit to the time, but essentially we're talking about over the next four years, right? Does something happen over the next four years? And the model allows you to have those outlier dots, so potentially um, something doesn't happen within the, the the first six months of the halving, but potentially there's, there's a small change, right? So the model, model allows a, a time for Bitcoin to evolve into this next phase, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. You, you see that in the, the last blobs as well, the last phases, that uh, especially after the halving, nothing happens, or maybe it, it goes up a little bit, and then next month it goes up a little bit. It can take a year uh, before the new cluster uh, is actually there. I, actually, I think it will also overshoot like the last times, right? It will be FOMO. Uh, imagine what happens if, uh, like you said, we go through uh, 8,900 maybe this this interview. Mm-hmm. But, but imagine what happens when we... When we um, when we go through um, 15, uh, 15K uh, in the next couple of weeks or months, that will create some enormous FOMO of people uh, who fear to be <laughs> missing out. And uh, 
yeah, that that could trigger something as well. So so it will it will oh that that's this well the scary thing in in, in one way, but but the, the logical thing as well. It will overshoot the cluster, mm-hmm. the next phase, and it will go down again as well. So we will see exactly the same thing as we saw in 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 2017 and 18, and 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 the years before that. It will go up far beyond uh, the numbers we just uh, talked about. So. Yeah, it, it, the model allows for a lot of uh, variance uh, around uh, the dots as well. Okay, and and as as I go down the the uh, the post itself, I actually get to the version where you've included silver and gold in there, which is very very interesting. That it it is almost a perfect line through the center of all six circles. I, I think if anything, the last cluster just slightly misses out, but but it's close enough, right? What happens to the model, say, if something doesn't happen over the next four years does it break the model is the model dead or is you know what happens yeah well like like you said uh, the, uh, and and like the the, the last model the, the first stock flow model uh, the time series model if it can break so so yeah if if, if the blue dot stays where it, uh, it goes to the right stock flow doubles but market value doesn't then the model would break somewhere in the next four years, and and, and maybe earlier than that, because if 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 half of the points is below the model model uh, line, then yeah, it becomes very hard to to get the average on the on the model line uh, back on the model line. So yeah, we we will know we will know. I always give the December two thousand and twenty one as a nice sort of one and a half year from the halving uh, mark. Um, uh, we we will know by then if if this uh, hypothesis is. Uh, is is okay, and, and we we really have out of sample tested the model then. Yeah, and I saw a thread from Dilution Proof where he said, "I think it's important to emphasize that these models should not be used as absolute price targets." Um, but this is this is, I guess, these models are used for some way for people like you as investors to get some kind of understand of the market, so you can kind of invest with confidence. And you accept that models may break, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point from uh, from uh, was it dilution? Dilution? No. Well, the, yeah. Dilution uh, proof. Yes, he, that was a very nice threat, uh, by the way, and uh, where he summed up the whole history of the stock flow model. There's a very uh, famous quote about models. It says models uh, are always wrong. All models are wrong, but some are useful, and that's that's very true. If you look at weather models. Uh, they're always wrong, but also uh, very useful, and especially for one or two or three days out. But, but uh, and that's what I, what I, what I don't like about a lot of uh, comments about yeah, well the model, but how how the uh, stock to flow goes to infinity, and and does the uh, does the value also go to infinity? That's a hundred years out, right? That's that's over. You don't expect the weather models to. Um, to forecast the weather uh, next month or next year, uh, I would be very happy if it would if it would only forecast the next halving or maybe two halvings. Correct, that would be very useful uh, right now. And and you're very right as well about about it's not very precise the models. And and that's another famous quote. I'd rather be roughly right than exactly wrong. And um, and that's why I always um, talk about orders of magnitude right uh, with this model. It's it's not about the exact dollar value of the bitcoin or it's and, and that's also what i like about the faces now it's they are very rough targets um and and the actual bitcoin will be uh, 
above, below, uh, scattered around that target. And that's how we should look at it. Not not very precise. It's a, it's a model, and it gives us models are not, you can get um, married with the model and 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 believe in it and put all your belief and money in there. And that's so stupid. You 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 should use a model as a way of thinking, as 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 a way of structuring your thinking about something, and maybe get some some rough uh, direction from it. And and I think that's what we're we're having here with this uh, this uh, SOFX uh, model. It gives a very even rougher estimate than the than the earlier model, um, but I think it's it's more useful because it it forces you to think in phases, in big steps. From in this case, a hundred billion dollar uh, Bitcoin to a multiple multiple trillion dollar, five trillion dollar Bitcoin uh, market value. That's that's a huge leap, and it's it's not going to be a gradual thing. That something is going to change in the next couple of years, or not, and then all all bets are off. But let's 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 look with some some strategic thinking and military experience and 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 geopolitical uh, theories about how this could happen and what are the markers, what 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 do we have to look for? And it's yeah, in that way. The whole community is evolving as well, from mm-hmm. from developers to early uh, speculators uh, to uh, hedge fund investors to uh, well now that now the first quants of of institutional investors, banks and pension funds are there, but we need political thinkers as well and military thinkers. This is this this thing is not a toy anymore, and it's it's not a yeah maybe not an asset anymore as well. It's going to be much bigger than that, in my in my view. Yeah, I find it interesting. So I looked at the S2F model previously and obviously got excited about it. But at the same time, Mr. Plan B, I did look <laughs> at it and think, well, this is just making some assumptions that the drop in production, uh, the, sorry, the, the drop in the um, Bitcoin um subsidy every day would suddenly lead to less bitcoins being in the market and then the price going up and i didn't buy that entirely on its own it just didn't i i did have a feeling like i wonder if through the next halving would break because we are talking about psychological barriers also of buying uh, a quite high priced single coin asset right um one of the things i do think the price of bitcoin puts people off i know it does actually because friends ask me about like how much is it and um when you say like oh it's eight thousand dollars they're put off whereas if everything was priced in sats they wouldn't be right if it was oh yeah you can you can get i don't know whatever any amount of sats for for ten dollars i think it's less of a psychological barrier but the narrative part makes it a bit more interesting because actually what we're really talking about here is use cases we're talking about people in the market and then because of that because there is a, a, a we're talking also about a scarce asset that is what is leading to the the growth in price and that is i think it's a it's a much more mature way of looking at the model yes i, I totally agree and and the model itself doesn't give the answer it doesn't give why it doesn't give well, it's a much heard critique that it doesn't model explicitly the demand mm. uh, it just gives a rough indication of where it has to be uh, based on supply but uh, yeah the, the the narrative and and um and and the why is is the, the, we don't know why the halving is is important because 
you could argue the the number of coins will half. The, you know, the supply will go from eighteen hundred bitcoins to nine hundred after the halving, but that's still very little compared to the million plus bitcoins that is traded every day. It's only it's less than a point one percent of the bitcoins. So how can that ha- can that ha- can that be that that has an impact? Uh, on it. On the other hand, if you think in narratives about the halving, if you look at what's happening in the industry, in the market, it, it's not hard to see why it has an impact. Before the halving, uh, maybe not now, but a couple months back, there were weak miners with old equipment and, and very um, high-priced electricity mining with, with their equipment. That will be obsolete. So all the weak miners, they will die. They will, they will stop mining because it, it it costs more than it, it, it than the revenue, so the weak miners go. Same with the investors. The weak hands are are shaken out by the volatility in the markets. So only if you have a really strong belief, um, you're in there. And that's I know what's worth more: uh, a market with weak miners and and weak uh, uh, holders, weak weak invest weak hand investors, or a market with very strong miners, professional grade, latest equipment, low energy costs, and really uh, strong hands, strong visioned investors. That's that's the perfect setup for growth or a transition to the next phase. If you ask me, it's it's the narrative for me is even if you don't know exactly what it is, it's very simple. Have you mapped any other data onto this, such as number of wallets, volume traded? Have you not? Have you mapped that into this at all? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I do have the data. So I um, I have a full node running and a fairly large computer that, that has the whole uh, 300 gigs database with all the transactions in there available for, for crunching data. So I have I, I can see who sells, who, who buys, or at least what, what kind of wallets, old wallets, new wallets, etc. I can see the patterns uh, that are in there. Um, number of bitcoins and number of minor coins. So, so everything that's on the on the blockchain, you can model that and can look in that into that. Uh, but I haven't published that yet, and and I might be in the future. But but uh, it's it's mainly a, a huge open field for hunting. <laughs> it's it's a uh, not much work is done there. There's some co- companies, of course, that are doing it, and also some very good uh, research reports out there. Um, on Twitter, etc. But yeah, I've been looking at that, uh, and it's it's a a quant heaven. That much data, that much um, patterns that that not much people have looked at. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> that that will be one of the future things uh, uh, for me to model. Okay. Well, listen. Look, at risk of hyping people too much. <laughs> <laughs> you have come out with a, uh, a target potential valuation of $288,000 per Bitcoin. Is there a range around this? Like, what is the range we're talking about, though? Yeah, um, I haven't even looked at that. Uh, okay. It's that fresh. Uh, but, but um, yeah, j- just looking at the chart in the article, you can eyeball it uh, by saying it will be at least... Uh, the all-time high will be at least a factor two higher, and the low will be at least a factor two or three lower than that. So, yeah, it it, it dances around the dot quite <laughs> with quite, quite quite some volatility. I haven't I haven't really put a ninety-five percent or something uh, uh, bandwidth around it, but it's very easy to do, and that will be 
done in the next uh, couple of days or, or weeks. Well, if it does, I'm going to force you to at least dox me, dox to me, so I can come have a beer with you because I, be, <laughs> I would be, I'd be very happy with a 288,000 Bitcoin. I mean, God, like uh, some people said, you only need one Bitcoin and you're set for life. Absolutely. Well, let's do that with the beer uh, yeah. because actually, actually, I am anonymous, but I, I meet a lot of people, or I should meet. Uh, I, I should say I met a lot of people because traveling now is, of course, uh, not possible. Of course, but when we go traveling again, uh, Peter, let's let's have that beer in uh, Bedford or Amsterdam uh, or where we are. I think Amsterdam over Bedford. I mean, I love Bedford, but I, yeah. All right. Listen. Look. Look. Last couple of questions before we close out. Again, appreciate your time, and yeah, I feel like you've kind of given me an exclusive on this interview, which is pretty cool. Um, has this model been? Have you received any criticism? I did notice on the Medium article, very positive, but there was one person who was a little bit critical of the model. Have you received much criticism of it? Well, it was mainly very positive, but that, of course, is always the the case if you predict higher Bitcoin prices. <laughs> and uh, well, that, uh, there were also some some critical uh, things like there's only six data points, which is which is not much. Maybe maybe it's it's not 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 uh, it's too few even. So and I I pointed those out as well uh, myself in the article. But yeah, people picked that up, and uh, so the the few data points was one, and the other one oh, there was another one. Oh, you know I. It has been wild lately with the uh, response on the article, so I, I haven't even looked at 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 half of all the comments. I think so, <laughs> but there, I'm, I'm sure there will be a lot of criticism, and I, I hope it will be there from from the quant world, but also from the uh, the investment world. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to the debate. All right, man. Well, listen, appreciate your time. As a closeout, what's coming up for you? Anything else you're working on? And just let people know. For those weirdos who don't know you, because everyone pretty much knows you now, but for the weirdos who don't, <laughs> how do they find you, man? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, they, they can find me on Twitter. I'm uh, Plan B at 100 trillion US dollars. That's 100 trillion USD. And uh, all my work is there, all the, all the tweets. Yeah, one, one of the obvious things that, that's going to happen uh, in the next couple of weeks is the halving. So I'll be at, the, uh, at some of the halving parties. Because it's a big celebration, of course, there will, nothing will happen with the, with the, with the, with the prize, but it will be a, a big celebration. So I'll I'll join, I'll hop into uh, some of them, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to all the uh, the interviews, the the podcasts, and and uh, that, that that this article has uh, has already uh, triggered right now. And and yes, Peter, you you were the first, and and you planned this very well because we. <laughs> We didn't know about the article and the interview was already there. It's, it's uh, yeah, very lucky. And, and I'm very lucky um, to be able uh, to have the opportunity to talk about it this, this, this early after publication. So thank you very much. No, anytime, man. Look, you're always welcome on the show. Uh, love talking to you. And listen, good luck, great article, and hopefully I'll speak to you soon, man. Take care, Mr. Mr. Plan B, and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Okay, so what did you think of that? $288,000 Bitcoin by 2024. Is this realistic? Is it crazy to What do you think? Do let me know. Now, while I like the S2F model, I did always have this lingering question in the back of my mind. Where was the demand going to come from for this increase in price? I struggled just to think, well, just because the model exists, just because there is the drop in the subsidy that will ultimately lead to a higher price. I don't know. I just maybe it's easier to jump from like 100 to to $1,000. But from 20000 to fifty. It's a massive leap. 
I wasn't 100% convinced that reduction in supply was enough. So with this new model, the phase transitions really added weight to the model for me. But what is the next transition? Are we heading to a nation state of doctrine? Will Bitcoin become the settlement layer for oil markets? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe something will happen. Maybe this model will play out. So we will see. We will see if a 288k Bitcoin is realistic by 2024, if it's just crazy talk. Anyway, I do love having Plan B on. It's always a great conversation. So big thanks to him. We did record last year. If you haven't checked that one out, please go back. It's episode 154. And you know if you've got any questions. If you want to reach out to me, it's hello at whatbitcoindid.com. Got so many more shows coming up. Got some really cool stuff coming out on Defiance. Got some mini documentaries I've been working on. So keep an eye out for that. If you want to check out my film, my latest one, up at the Turkey-Greece border, looking at the migrant and refugee crisis there, head over to youtube.com forward slash Defiance TV or check out my website, defiance.news. And also I've got this interesting interview with Paul French asking where the fuck Kim Jong-un is. That's available at defiance.news as well. Any questions, do reach out to me. My email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. <laughs>